0: What's up, everybody? Ryan ATX Model Podcast, and man, do I have some exciting news for you! This episode is hot off the press. Brand new segment that we're bringing to you called "Kick It With Kitty, 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 Kitty." Sound effects, sound effects. <laughs> no, man, but we, I, we, I, all of us decided that we needed to bring on some more talent. So we looked from within. The metal community, and we have found the lovely Kitty Farmer. She is the front lady of Flooded Tomb. Uh, she also was a radio DJ back in college, so it just kind of fits well. Um, we're giving her a, you know, we're giving her a go, letting her try it to see if she likes it. So, you know, two three episodes. This is her pilot. Uh, she said that she was nervous and and whatnot, and you can you can kind of hear it in, in in the episode, but god it's she did way better than the first few episodes fuck first 10 that i've ever done but you know i think that she's going to be an amazing addition to the team and she's gonna she's gonna hit on kind of like the niche markets like just you know the 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 bands that that she feels like needs some attention because i mean just doing this for almost seven years there's bands Here locally that I've never even spoken to. And actually speaking of this episode right here featuring whore of Bethlehem is one of the bands. I've seen them play plenty of times, but for some reason we've just never like made that connection. So now that we have Kitty on board, she's making those connections and bringing even more, uh, diverse music to the podcast and to your ears. So Yeah, man, I'm just super stoked to have her on, and I can't wait to hear all of her episodes. And plus, you get a break from my dumbass, so that's also a bonus. (sighs) So, like I said, kick it with Kitty. Oh, also, duh, you can kick it with Come and Take It. (laughs) Come and Take It Live. Come and Take It Productions, our sponsors. As always, thank you very much hooking it up, letting us do our thing. If you want to get on a show hit us up hit them up we'll try to fit you in obviously shows are going on at come and take it so if you like to get on stage and try to get on a bill bop 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 wait that's mcdonald's did i get copyright for that uh, anyway i'll be quiet now here we go kick it with kick
1: Everyone and welcome to Kick It with Kitty. I'm your host Kitty Farmer, and I sing in a local metal band called Flooded Tomb. But more than that, I'm a huge fan of Austin metal bands, and there's so much great music coming out of Austin right now. So the ATX Metal Podcast team decided to bring on more hosts, and I am one of them. And I'm so honored to be part of this amazing team. So this is the very first episode of Kick It with Kitty a pilot, if you will. And I'm so honored to have one of my favorite Austin bands as um, some of my first guests. So um, guys, can you please say your name, what band you're in and what you do in the band?
2: Sure. Hi, I'm Phil King and I play guitar
3: in Horror Bethlehem. And uh, I'm James Vandenberg and I'm the vocalist for Horror Bethlehem.
1: I'm super excited to be talking to you. I have a lot of my own questions, but I have a lot of questions from fans too. Everywhere I go to concerts, bars, I see tons of horror Bethlehem shirts. And so people were really interested when I asked if they had questions. So one of my first questions for both of you from the fans is, are you both original members of the band?
2: I guess I'll go first, Uh, this is Phil um, and I am not. I suppose I'm one of a bit closer to original members, but uh, the only original
3: member at this point is Ryan Sylvie, who plays the other guitar. I I am also not an original member. The band went through you know quite a few lineup changes uh, throughout the years, but Phil and I, uh, along with Ryan, are on the original the the first release album. So, there you have it.
1: So <laughs> you're both part of the sound that fans have been familiar with for a while since Upon Judas Throne. Um, Can you tell everyone listening how long Whore Bethlehem has been a band and how long you've been, you know, you've been existing since that time of that first album?
2: Yeah, so, gosh, it's at least 10 years now, I think is when Ryan and Renee first started the band with uh, TJ, if I remember correctly, they were just trying to do something that, branched off of the brutal death metal style into something a bit more black and then it picked up a lot of momentum and it actually started doing shows and so we've been playing it since Judas was 2014 I think was the original release so we were we were finishing up writing the songs that had kind of been around in EP form um, most of all of those came onto the album hideous resurrection being the first song that i believe was written by the band with Ryan and and Renee so but yeah that's 10 years at least
3: yeah i think i want to say they, they were around since 2009 about 5 years before you know the first album and Phil was in the band for for about a year before me yeah as phil mentioned there was a, an original release with Ryan the, the the hideous resurrection release but there was also another one uh, with uh, the crowning moment on it with uh, their, their other vocalist, Patrick.
1: Phil, you said something, maybe I'm like barking up the wrong tree, but it sounds like you said maybe Horror Bethlehem like was a side project or something, or it started out when the members were doing something else.
2: Yeah, so at the time, I believe Ryan and them were doing Scattered Remains, so they were very heavy down the Brutal Death Metal path, and Renee was doing Disfigured, and they've always been friends, and You know, I don't want to speak for them, but my understanding is that from that, they decided to jam together with the intent of making something that was maybe a little more on the different spectrum of the extreme. So that's where the black and death kind of worked its way in. Mm
3: -hmm. And then in the original release, too, uh, you know, Ryan was singing on it and it was way more guttural, way more of a brutal death metal approach vocally, I would say, but more black metal musically. And Ryan still does the uh, the backing vocals now on a lot of those tracks
2: with those with those same gutturals.
1: He sounds amazing. I was at y'all's show at DSI, but I was so close to Ryan's feet that I did not see his head. And I was like, where are those lows coming from? But James is another singer. I was telling Phil, like, you're one of the vocalists that makes me want to quit because you are <laughs> incredible. Um, well, thank you. Of, you have amazing highs, is your like, use of that kind of like informed by the black metal sound with the death metal sound? Or is that, has that kind of always been your style to do like the lows and then the highs?
3: I mean, I've always had kind of a low, mid-range, high register. But I've definitely found my sound over the years. I would say that my, my high-end stuff, I can attribute more to bands like Dark Funeral. Definitely more black metal.
1: And so if y'all listening have never heard Horror Bethlehem, they are, they combine like death and black metal music, but also imagery, I think. And so, you know, you really get along well, like you play with both types of bands with shows and stuff like that. And I know your last gig that I went to was Deicide. Was that the first gig that y'all did since like the pre-apocalypse times?
2: Yeah, so so we actually played a show, the Deep Elm Fest, I believe, in Dallas. And that was in March, like right before everything started getting serious. So people were talking about it at that time because we were obviously playing at bars and people we were talking to, they were talking about like, have you heard about this thing? And like, we're not sure it's going to happen here in Dallas. And then it was like a week later that everything went to full lockdown. And then we have not touched any live stuff since then. And then during that time, we were trying to practice a bit more, but our space at the band co-op got removed. So we had to kind of it got it, it was difficult to to get ourselves together to to continue writing and, and practicing and stuff like that for, for part of it. But it's stabilized now, thankfully. But yeah, that was the first time we've been back on stage since March of 2020. 20 maybe twenty. yeah it was a uh, it was St.
3: Patrick's Day weekend i remember they they canceled the St. Patrick's Day fest for that but people still were you know downtown partying and everything and i remember that was right at the beginning of the whole uh, pandemic thing and there was it was like one guy with a mask you know and everyone's looking at him like he's crazy <laughs> and then the uh, the whole world went to shit
1: <laughs> well y'all sounded like you had never even taken a day off like did you do anything different to prepare for that show since it had been so long
3: Mm, no we uh we've been rehearsing you know the whole time and working uh working on our third album so uh we've been tightening things up and you know we were ready for DSI big time uh it's not the first time we had played with them and You know, we were just stoked to get out there and uh, share the stage with some hardcore influential bands that we had listened to since we were teenagers.
1: That's a good point. You you know, you mentioned Dark Funeral. Y'all have a really refined sound. You sound like you have a really strong identity um, as a band. What bands or like artists would you say have influenced you?
2: So if you're talking about the instrumental stuff, I know my influences come more from the black metal side um Ryan comes more from the brutal death metal side. Sam's drumming is definitely on the brutal death, but he loves his blast beats and pushing pushing as fast as and tight as he can. And James is I mean obviously he's got black and death in his vocal arrangements there, but I mean the band lists are are all the classics, right? We got Deicide, Morbid Angel, um old Behemoth, new newer bands like Belfagor have been compared to us a lot and you know, they're very complimentary comparisons
3: because there are idols. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, I, I idolized uh, Corpse Grinder when I was a teenager. I would walk through, you know, uh, I would walk to school with my CD player with the 10 second anti skip, you know, listening to Gallery of Suicide screaming my ass off. You know, that's, that's how I started out. And I was real big into, like I said, a Dark Funeral. And we get compared to those bands a lot, too, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's 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 a total compliment.
1: I guess while well, we're on that track, not to be fangirling, but like I said before, y'all have so many fans around town, you can't go to a metal show in Austin without seeing at least one horror Bethlehem shirt. Like y'all have an amazing legacy over you know this past decade that you've been around. And so considering what Phil said about the band maybe starting out as like a side project, is this something that y'all expected or do you feel any kind of way about, you know, all that's happened for y'all?
2: Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we've always been driving to be that 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 bigger band, I guess you could say, right? Like, we our intent is to tour. Our intent is to not just open for some of these packages when they come through in Austin, but be able to be one of those bands supporting as a part of the package, like doing, you know, a two, three, four, four week tour, getting over to Europe we'll see how that goes nowadays and i'm sure there's all kinds of crazy restrictions on that shit at the moment but yeah no we, we've always kind of kept our eye on the prize and moving one step forward every time i think one of our strengths is that we've been around for so long and played together for like as the band in its current form like five years or more at this point Since like since well before extinguished light came out in 2017 so it's you know we're all on the same page we've all we all understand that life happens so we're not you know killing each other when people can't come to practice because you know they're something came up with their kid or like they've got a thing to go to or you know so we're just doing it intelligently and methodically and working our way to those those bigger opportunities.
3: I would say that uh yeah Horror Bethlehem started maybe as a side project but you know over the years has uh amassed some some really dedicated members. Everyone has really put in their best foot forward, and uh, has has transformed the band into something else. You know that that's what I have to say about that.
1: Well, it's time for the question that we have kind of danced around, and that the main fan question. So, is there a certain time frame that we can expect to hear a new single or a new album?
2: Well, the good news is that the material is done. Um, we are talking, we're talking through the logistic stuff right now of getting into the studio and recording it, but our intention is to kind of hold that until we get the kind of release, we want, we want to snowball into a proper release momentum, so there probably will be a single um, at some point, but I wouldn't expect it anytime before the new year, um, it'd be nice if it came before the new year, but it's still very much stuff we're working through we still have to actually record it but the material
3: is done yeah we're all really stoked for it and like like phil said uh, the material's written so every time we get in the rehearsal space you know we're blazing through the whole album and we really can't wait to get in the studio we uh you know have been talking about a lot as abandoned i think we've you know decided you know when and where we're going to be recording and then You know, there's a whole process that comes after that, right? We need to shop it around and try to find a a label to release it. And so there might be a waiting period there.
1: Y'all have always had a really strong visual element, beautiful artwork for both of your full links. Are those artworks done by the same artist? And if so, are you going to like go with that same artist again or try something completely different?
2: Uh, So Upon Judas's Throne was actually done by George Gwuki and the... The follow-up album, Extinguished Light, was done by John Zig. Um, so similar art styles, but different art, to be sure. And I believe our intent is to
3: work with Zig again,
2: moving forward.
3: Yeah, uh, Zig really brings the the whole visual element to the table. Plus, you know, he he really has a legacy of his own. A, a lot of you know death metal fans around the world are you know seeking out you know albums uh, just based on his, his artwork alone. So. It's always great to partner up with John Zig.
1: That's such a good point. And I should have known that Extinguish the Light was Zig because it's kind of his like signature look too, like that imposing, you know, robed figure. It's very like black and death metal at the same time. So we have come to the fan questions portion. Anything and everything, nothing is off limits. These are questions from the fans. So Roxanne P asks. What shampoo does James use?
3: Uh, Let's see. What do I use? I use something different uh, every time I buy a new bottle.
1: (laughs) I've heard that you're supposed to do that to get rid of buildup. That's very smart. I I
3: do it because I'm cheap.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, your hair looks great. Thank you. So, Ness L asks, and this is going to be hard because there's just two of you, but between yourselves... If you had to sacrifice one member of the band, who would it be majority rules?
2: Huh. Um well, I guess the the uh (laughs) the funnest. Everyone
3: wants to say the bass player, right? I was just about to say the (laughs) the, the, the tongue in cheek answer is the bass player. (laughs) (laughs) Who could it be? Uh Nah, we, we can never get rid of Alan. We we love him too much, right? <laughs> well, uh, if the, let's if see. The, if uh, the
2: intent is to get something like strong out of it, I feel like Ryan's probably the good choice because he's the original member, right? So we'll get the most like whatever supernatural shit from the original member,
3: <laughs> right? Supernatural shit. That's why we want to kill Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that would be full circle. You'd be one of those bands with no original members.
3: Make it fun.
2: I could say James and he could say Phil and then we could just see what (laughs) the fuck happens.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll find out in the the music video.
1: (laughs) Well, Ness had a more serious question too. And we kind of alluded to this. So if you could choose a dream tour package to be a part of, what bands would you pick and why?
3: Well hmm slayer because they're fucking slayer they're a true legacy metal band they need to come back and they need to go on tour with Horror bethlehem it needs to happen yeah and then i would say uh, cannibal corpse is maybe a little more realistic <laughs> but uh cannibal corpse you know uh the the biggest oldest death metal band around right yeah, I think
2: for for me it would be. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I was just thinking about it. There's there's a lot of our kind of influential icons still actively playing death metal every year, going on tour. So it's really kind of cool that we can actually say names like "Wouldn't it be need to go on tour like Obituary, Campbell, Corpse, and Belfagor." Yes, and it's possible. Dark Funeral. Why the fuck not? Like, there's. And all of these bands are still kicking ass and they're still playing. So like, never say never, but I mean, something like that sounds like it'd be an amazing package.
1: I'm not going to make an amazing package joke. Instead, I'm going to say, I can totally see y'all fitting in on the bill. And that kind of brings me to my own fan question, which is, you're talking about legacy, right? Like longevity. How long do y'all see yourselves doing, you know, horror Bethlehem? It sounds like you have big plans.
3: Uh I, I don't I don't really uh put a cap on it to be honest. Uh for me personally, I'm just looking to grow, you know, um just the release of being on stage and being in this band with these guys is is uh you know something I need in my life <laughs> for my own mental stability. So uh let's say uh let's say fifty-five. Let's do that. What do you say, Phil? Uh, Yeah, I mean, just until, until
2: I physically can't, I suppose, right? Or until it becomes some kind of ludicrous situation where we have to throw in the towel against our will. I wouldn't think it would be an elective thing by any means. I think something substantial would have to happen, either that or 56.
1: <laughs> I mean, y'all have amazing, I know this is a weird word to use, but when I think of Hora Bethlehem, I think of like finesse, right? Let's be honest, y'all look great on stage. You're headbanging. You look like five, you know, monsters or, you know, evil titans. Sounds great. Y'all are great songwriters. It just sounds like being a musician is something kind of innate to y'all that you would never give up.
2: Yeah, I need to. It's it's one of those, um, for those of you th- listening that have a tattoo, it's very similar, right? It's like, once you get one, you're like, oh man, I should get another one. Playing live is the same itch, but the only way to get that scratched is to play live more. So it's kind of like a perpetual, like, yeah, you, you need it, you know, and it's, it's true about the, this the cyclical nature of like, the more into it the fans are the more into it we can get which makes the fans fans into it more which makes us even more hype so like it's a it's a really positive feedback loop and it's a, it's great to be a part of that
3: yeah it really becomes like ingrained in your identity you know uh, over time i mean especially as a teenager that's all you're about right and then uh, as an adult you know especially if you're in a band like who Bethlehem you're trying to put out albums and stuff it just becomes a part of who you are if you if you truly love it and you love getting up on stage and you know being as sick as possible and you know that's not something you're gonna give up, and just like Phil said.
1: So actually, my ex bandmate Kyler has a question for Phil, and he said, "Phil, how did you get your picking hand so damn fast?"
2: Oh, <laughs> I've, I do get a lot of comments on my on my hand. I've, I have a theory on how. I believe it's attributed to when I was younger and I was starting to learn how to play along with like Slayer and, you know, Amon Mars and stuff like that. I didn't know about tremolo picking in the sense that I do now. So I was playing a lot of Slayer songs all down pick. And some of those songs are pretty fast. That's famous. how you're
3: supposed to do it, Phil.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you see, if you're not down picking, are you even playing? But like, so doing that. And then uh, a friend of mine back in Virginia, like. He was like, you know, you can do this. Right. And he started started me the tremolo picking stuff. And I was like, oh, and I started doing that. And I was just immediately like five times faster than he was. And he was like, the fuck, dude. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. It's just the way it is. And then unrelated to that, when I was on young baseball teams, like my coach would always comment that I had really fast wrists, I guess, when like swinging the bat.
3: But I don't know. Your coach would comment about your fast wrists.
2: Yeah, my coach would be like, Ooh, look at those wrists. They're so fast.
3: Dang. Right. It was a little awkward since I was like 12, but. That's cool. That's cool.
1: So, Kyler had another question and he asked y'all uh, Did you write the songs for your first two albums in a short amount of time, or are they collections of songs written over a longer period? And I know you had alluded to um, upon Judas' bone. Uh, so, what about extinguish the light?
3: So, for the first album, you know, uh, a, a lot of it was written over a great span of time. You know, a lot of uh, lineup changes and stuff like that. And then finally, you know, the band had actually recorded the album in the studio, and um, the vocalist, you know, at the time didn't work out for whatever reason, and uh, and I stepped in and. Uh, I had a whole studio album there ready for me. So I uh, I actually wrote that album lyrically in about three months. Uh, there's two songs that are on it that Ryan Sylvie had written. Basically, I went, uh, studied all the band's music, you know, live videos and stuff like that. And kept, you know, kind of some lyrical patterns, but changed all the lyrics. And for "Extinguish the Light," you know we had a couple lineup changes. Uh, you know, just our, uh, our 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 rhythm section, our bass and drums. You know, and we had, we got uh, Alan Berryman and Sam Axelred At the time, they were in Cathexas. You know, we wrote that album over the span of what uh, four years, five years, something like that. Yeah, it was it was a good period of time. You know, that was a more co- collective effort over time. I would say. Yeah. Just
2: to piggyback on that, that's like, once we finished Judas, I think we already had one or two songs into extinguish the light in the process. The um, same is kind of true here where after extinguish the light, like we already had a handful of songs in the process um, by that point. So we're, we we're, we're not, a, we don't tend to like get together one day and decide, okay, it's day we're writing a song. We just kind of let the riffs and stuff come organically and then we'll bring them to like, normally like Ryan and myself, we'll bring them to each other and uh, mess around with it. And it's, it's good. It allows us to get songs written. There are actually a handful of songs that are not going on the album. So we're fortunate enough that we had enough material that we could kind of pick the ones that we feel were, you know, the best representation of what Lord Bethlehem can put out and what we wanted to do moving forward. But yeah, the process is definitely over time.
1: So, we're reaching the end of our time together, and one of the things I definitely want to do is let everybody know where they can see you live. I understand you have some shows coming up. Uh, Do y'all want to like give us the dates and times and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, so uh, coming up this in September, um, we're playing Valhalla on September 17th. We're playing that with Baptized by Fire, Stabbing. Uh, I believe DeOcculted, some other some other killer bands on that one, and then we have Dallas, um, beginning of October, um, I believe the ninth, we're playing Wits End, um, and that'll be with one of uh, Alan Berryman's old bands, uh, Silver Tongue Devil, and Reviled, and Reviled, yeah, that's right. But those are the only two that we have uh, coming up for this year. We've had a couple other offers, but we are trying to focus on getting the album recorded and whatnot. You know, there may be some other ones that crop up, but those are the ones that are currently up and coming.
1: And uh, where's the best place to get updates about shows and merch and stuff like that?
2: Uh, The best place is probably um, Facebook. We admittedly are not the greatest at keeping up on our social media. It's just not something most of us like do a lot in our free time. So it's something we have to like actually remind ourselves to do when it comes to band stuff. But the website is the best place for sure to get um, merchandise, new uh, like CDs, odds and ends. Um, Anytime that we're playing at a place like come and take it live and we have tickets available for for sale there. That's the best place to get those. We do will call tickets there. Um, And if you're looking for stubs, you know, just let us know that you want a stub with that ticket. But those are the places.
1: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know about the stubs. I got to ask that next time. As we wrap up, uh, I just want to say, Phil, thank you so much for coming to some of the recent Flooded Tomb shows. It's I know that it's weird for me to say this, but I do geek out. I'm like, oh, my God, Phil from Whore Bethlehem is here. Like everyone, I know Phil from Whore Bethlehem, you know, no big deal. But also, As you know, I'm fairly green. I have not obviously been in the game as long as you. And you always give me some great advice. So for both Phil and James, what advice do you have for any musicians that might be listening to this podcast?
2: I'll go. You want to go first, James? I I talked the last one. You go Uh,
3: first. Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say just uh, keep at it. Keep practicing. You know, always push yourself no matter what anyone else thinks. Uh, out there, I mean, there's so much stuff you could potentially talk about here, but um, I'll mention
2: some of the ones that I think I, I mentioned to you at that show you're talking about when it comes to things like playing on stage and feeling like something could have gone better or feeling like, oh, there was that part in there that I think was a bit wonky. It doesn't help anyone to focus on it. Nine times out of nine, people are going to come up after the, after the set and tell you they had a good time, that it was really cool to see you play. It was a lot of fun. It was very nice to meet you. And none of them are going to make any comments about the part that you think was a problem during the set. So um, as a general rule, if I hear three or more people come, come over and, you know, say, hey, man, that was really great. Or like, I had such a fun time. Then I just, you know, water off the back. It's not worth dealing with. And it took a bit of practice to get that down, but it makes playing live so much more freeing and less nerve-wracking, if that makes sense. And the second one I would mention is that when it comes to writing songs, sometimes you have to write the bad ones so you can get the good ones out, right? Sometimes not everything you write is going to be good. It's just just not how it is, or something you think is not good is something other people think is great. And so collectively as a band, that's where you can kind of decide maybe this isn't the direction we want to go, and you can kick a song. And then other times you're like, man, this is we wrote this in like two days, but it's just killer. You know, you just, you can't force it. You got, you, you have to write through whatever's like in your, in their way, I guess. So you can get to some new material that maybe the stuff you're looking for.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, y'all. It was an incredible honor to have Hor Bethlehem for this very first uh, Guinea pig pilot episode of kick it with kitty. I know there's so many Fans out there who were so excited for your new music. Until then, do you have a message for all the fans out there?
2: I mean, I'll I'll kick it off. I'll say thank you so much for the support. It's always it's always so awesome when people come up at shows or through messages on Facebook or whatever, and just say, "Hey, man! Like I heard this stuff and it was killer." And like you know, it's just we always appreciate that. It's it's crazy to me still that we're right, we're just making music and people come up and be like, man, what you're doing is cool. It's it's an honor really to to have a fan base that really does care about the music and what we're doing next and you know when we're going to play other shows and like what kind of merch we have available and like helping us fund our next albums, basically. Um so thank you very much to everybody that's that's been supporting and and listening all these years and to the new fans as well there's been much more to come
3: wow there's not much I can add to that phil that's really something <laughs> i would say that uh the you know the fans are really the lifeblood of the band and y'all are what what gets us fucking pumped to get up on stage and to you know scream our asses off and uh for for phil to jiggle his wrist around uh really fast uh <laughs> But you guys rule, and uh, thanks so much for supporting Horror Bethlehem, and uh, stay sick.
1: Thank you so much, y'all. I can't wait to see you play your next show, and I hope to talk to you guys soon.
2: Us too. Thank you for having us on. It's been great.
1: Thanks for being here, guys.